Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Fantasy Romance and Romantic Fantasy. Here with my first cup of coffee, <laughs> which is delightful. Uh, today is Thursday, March 25th, coming down to the end of March, which just feels amazing to me. Maybe it's because I've been buried in writing a book, but I think it's not just me. I think the pace of the world is picking up again. We can see it every time we go into town. There's more traffic, more people out and about. Uh, Santa Fe County has officially progressed to purple. Oh, no, purple. I'm, I'm in purple mood. We're doing the last of the purple earrings. Uh, has progressed to turquoise, uh, which is one of the, um, I don't know. If, if we have a state color, it's turquoise. Uh, the turquoise trail is here. There are turquoise mines here. Uh, Santa Fe is known for everything turquoise. So when I mentioned this on a call uh, with people in New York, which I realize sounds to, like two, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, me, it sounds, um, it would have sounded really fabulous. I, I had a conversation with um, a volunteer in Safwa the other day, and I said, well, last year I was chatting on Zoom at the Nebula Conference with Lois McMaster Bujold, and I asked her, you know, and, and I passed on some information, and he said, I'm still stuck on the fact that you just casually dropped that you were chatting with Lois McMaster Bujold, and it's like, oh, well, I mean, she was Grandmaster. She was there to be chatted with, um, but I do have to pause every once in a while and realize how these things sound. But after you've been doing it for a while, it becomes, I mean, they become like your colleagues. Anyway, so I was on this Zoom meeting call with my editor, Jenny, at St. Martin's and Agent Sarah and my publicist, who is also Sarah. Um, and they're all in New York City. And I was laughing because I was being my usual Santa Fe self. And all three of them, I'm like off today. I just held up four fingers. All three of them. We're wearing black sweaters, um, black glasses, black frame glasses, uh, and they all had their hair done in a similar way. And I was laughing. I was like, I clearly did not get the New York City memo on, on how to dress. And Jenny was saying that um, before the pandemic, naturally, that some of her family came to town and they were waiting outside of the Macmillan. Macmillan is the big publisher that, that St. Martin's is an imprint of that they were waiting outside the Macmillan building for her um, to go to lunch or something. And when she finally came out, they said, every young woman who walked out of this building looked exactly like you. <laughs> so they were all laughing about it. What was my point? Oh, my point was I mentioned the gating criteria and they were all looking at me puzzled because we were talking about pandemic, of course. And they're like, we don't know what this is. And it's like, well, okay. So in New Mexico, they set up gating criteria for our levels of openness because we are not totally open like Texas to the South. Um, you know, bars have been closed for a year now. <coughs> Excuse me, movie theaters. Um, you know, we've had some pretty, I think among the strictest measures and it's made a difference. So there's all these gating criteria. So if a county um, has certain transmission rates, it's red. If they drop their transmission rates, there's like three or four different criteria. Rates of infectivity compared to amount of testing, percentage of vaccinations, that sort of thing. So there's red, yellow, green, 
and then the, they implemented a new level, which is turquoise, and Santa Fe County is now officially turquoise, which is very exciting because it means that the bars and theaters can open. So we're hoping to hold on to that turquoise status. I don't know why I got off on that. Who knows? Let's do earrings. Um, today's earrings are particular favorites that I've had for uh, probably like 10 years. I don't think longer than that. But they are little dragonflies. Uh, if you're on video, oh, my wire's a little bit there. And they're just pretty simple dragonflies with little um, silver balls for the eyes. And then they have a dangling tail. That's um, purple beads. And I love my dragonfly earrings. I'm 99% sure that I bought them um, in San Diego when we were there for my stepbrother's wedding. And I just have a thing for dragonflies. I love dragonflies. I have some great dragonfly photos. I might throw one on the um, the photo for the, the show, the you know, like the featured image. Or not, I might show you guys my new under cabinet lights. Um, my mom mentioned that I'd forgotten to talk about. We've just been doing a bunch of stuff in the kitchen. It kind of got started with David needing to clean out the aquarium, which we had on the kitchen counter. We have this sort of archway pass through from the kitchen to the living room. And I posted some photos of that with the podcast. Um, and we had had the aquarium there. And David needed to do a massive cleaning because um, it had just been a while and, you know, he had lost a couple of fish. So he needed to detoxify, do the whole thing. And one of the things, and he wanted to change out the rocks and do a bunch of stuff. And I said, you know, maybe we should, we could move it over here because it's been hard for him to get to where it was on the counter. So it, it may be impossible to make this long story short, but we ended up buying a a new stand for the aquarium and putting it over in sort of like the library. It's supposed to be a dining room, but we don't like sitting at a dining room table, so we don't have one. So aquariums on the stand. And that's why I was posting pictures of my, it was amazing how much light and space it brought back to the kitchen. Uh, and then we started, you know how one thing leads to another? Um, one of our under cabinet lights was not working well. And it's a fluorescent bulb. We have four. We have two under cabinet lights and two over cabinet lights. And they're all fluorescent bulbs. And I've never really liked them. And they're not that bright. So I said, well, let's let's put in little track lights. I thought this would be a cheap thing to do. <laughs> and it wasn't cheap. Um, but I did post a picture of my under cabinet lights. I'm very happy with them. Um, David's been working on this all week. Um, you know. Things like this, it's uh, especially, you know, like the amateur home reno projects, you're always um, trial and error, right? Getting things to work right. But he's getting it to work now. So, so yeah, now he's struggling with the dimmer switch, trying to get the dimmer switch to work. Um, these things are all complicated by the fact that he doesn't actually read the directions. He, cl he claims there aren't any, but I've heard him claim that about things where there are directions before. And sometimes I wonder if there are psychological studies out there that explain why 
Um, I don't know. Is it American men? Is it cishet men? Why won't men read instructions? I mean, why, why is this the, um, why is that the manly thing to do? I don't get it. We have regular arguments about the fire logs because he will just put the fire log in there and light it wherever. And I'm and then it won't light. And I'll say, well, you didn't follow the directions. You have to follow. And he's like, there aren't directions. And it's like, see these arrows where it says light here and put it facing this way. <laughs> Whatever. It's a mystery. So close to finishing Sorcerer's Queen and the Pirate Rogue. Also close on the cover. Well, have the cover reveal soon. Uh, that should be exciting. In fact, that reminds me, I should mention to Corrine to get that set up. Uh, and, and I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be good. I mean, it's been, we've gone through some definite no's, um, but we're getting closer. We're getting closer to the real thing. Um, but yeah, less than 6,000 words to make it to my 90,000 word goal. I'm at, um, like I only need 50, I'm only 5,400 words shy of 90,000. How much am I shy of the actual ending? Inquiring minds want to know. Again, with this being book two in the series, it's the midpoint. And so it's feeling very midpointy to me. Um. Uh, I know some of you are waiting, some of you, library addict, are waiting to read all of them at once because um, in some ways this series is almost a serial. Sorry, I know I do that sometimes. I wouldn't call these things cliffhangers, but they are. We need another word um, because obviously the overall arc is still unresolved and this book is going to end with um, some mystery. But you guys, I need two more books so to solve the mystery. So what can I say? That's how it has to be. I want to talk some about originality. So I was involved in this conversation with some people that I'm going to be on a panel with. And it's a panel that is about fairy tales, um, which is a perennial topic. I mean, it just comes up a whole lot. And those of us who write work that is tangential to fairy tales in any way, which often fantasy is for whatever reason, um, we, we end up getting this panel topic a fair amount of the time. And it's an interesting topic. Uh, and I'm absolutely influenced by fairy tales. I've got a whole big shelf down here of fairy tales. I've read tons and tons of fairy tales. Uh, my 12 kingdoms books started out as a riff on the, the three princesses, daughters of the high King, each more beautiful than the last. Um, I very deliberately play on fairy tale archetypes. So very happy to be part of this topic, but sometimes it's like, okay, well, what do we want to, to say about this? And so the panel moderator had asked us what we all wanted to say, cause we needed to come up with now that the panel was put together, a, a more specific description. And so one of the things I had said was maybe we should talk about why, why fairy tales is so often a panel theme. And I said, but also because goose girl's been on my mind, right? Um, heart's blood 
which is a Goose Girl retelling, that I said, well, how about, you know, if we talk about drawing on fairy tale archetypes, if we are, you know, how, if you're going to do a, a retelling, how closely do you stick to the original? How do you decide what to keep and what to discard of the original tales? And, um, the moderate, the other, one of the other gals on the panel agreed. And the moderator said, yeah, that's, you know, she put together a description and mentioned a lot of that. And I thought it sounded great. Well, this, another person on the panel said, um, well, that, that they didn't do fairy tale retellings, that all of their work is original. And so you guys, I was riffing about this with Kelly Robson, this telling her some of this conversation. And it's like, it is such a, I said, is there anything that reveals one as a newbie author more than declaring that your work is original? Um, she said, yes, that and worrying about people stealing your ideas. And it's like, yeah. And, and I, for those of you who are newbies, I don't, I don't mean to sound condescending in any way, but it's like, um, it is a thing with, and it's not all, but certain authors will be so, so intent on declaring how original their work is. And it's like, well, you're on a panel about fairy tales and this writer um, I went and looked at their website and, you know, it's, it's very much about a fairy tale theme. And it's like, so you're automatically doing retellings. I mean, you're, that's where you are. Uh, but then saying that you're deconstructing fairy tales and that your work is all original. It's like, well, yeah, but deconstructing means that you're still, there has to be something to deconstruct, right? You still have source material. And Kelly was very clever she is anyway right but she said you know newbies will always say my work is totally original and the pros will say ha 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 i stole all the good stuff from other people <laughs> um you know and i mean she i, I have to get it because she's um she is funny and she phrased it well <laughs> she put it as ha 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 I steal everything and so does everyone else can't you tell which you should be able to tell there are themes and I'm not talking about plagiarism I, I can touch back on that because plagiarism is different um, and Kelly said newbies I've read a hundred books and I know everything and prose I've read a million books and I know nothing I think that's true of so many fields it's like once you get really expert at a field you begin to understand how very little you don't know. Um, and then this was her last one. Newbies, the rules don't apply to me. I can break them all. Pros, it took me 200 hours of work to break two rules. I thought those are all really insightful. Um, when you say that your work is totally original, all you're revealing is that you don't know. Either you don't know or you won't acknowledge how much of of the huge giant beneath you whose shoulder you are standing on. Um, and I, 
it's a funny thing because I'm not sure, <clears throat> a little froggy this morning, why it's so important to some people to uh, to cling to that and assert that idea that what they're doing was totally original. Um, you know, because Ecclesiastes said there's nothing new under the sun, um, you know, however many thousands of years ago, right? Because Ecclesiastes was oral tradition before it was uh, in the Torah and before it was Old Testament. So, you know, Thousands and thousands of years ago, uh, human beings looked around and said, there's nothing new under the sun. So here we are in 2021 and, um, oh, honey, your work is, is not this totally original thing that nobody in the universe has ever seen before. And that's okay. It's this, there's not a virtue in this being totally original. Um, the freshness <laughs> that you bring that I bring, that we all bring, we do not scream for ice cream. What we bring is our voice, is our lens. It's how, how we tell the story. It doesn't matter if you do, if you do an exact fairy tale retelling, if you go in and you do Cinderella with all of the exact same beats as say the Disney version, it's not going to be the same because you brought your voice to it. Um, unless you literally copy words and that's, that's plagiarizing. Um, the thing is, and I think I've mentioned this before, but it's one of those things that, um, <laughs> I know this is like a weird analogy, but you know, it's like plagiarism is like sexual harassment or like rape. It's, <laughs> it's one of those things where the perpetrator knows what they did. They absolutely know that what they did was inappropriate, wrong, destructive, illegal, immoral, predatory, what have you. They know the, <laughs> the fact that they claim they don't know that they try to come up with all of this weasel wording is a defense. That's their way of trying to get out of the problem. But believe me, you guys, you can't accidentally plagiarize something any more than you can actually accidentally rape someone. It's just the people who try to make this be a gray area, who try to cloud the problem are, are the predators. Those are the ones who are causing the problem. Um, people who are not rapists, who are not plagiarists, who are not sexual harassers, don't have any problem knowing where the lines are. So the fact that that they've managed to create enough confusion, enough turbulence around the topic is, um, I don't know, I suppose a credit to their cleverness and sense of self-preservation. But I get asked this question a lot. You know, it's like, well, you know, if you read other authors, aren't you worried about plagiarizing? It's like, no, because I know <laughs> if I went in and did my copy and paste and put it into my own document, then I would be plagiarizing. <laughs> and if I'm not doing that, then I'm not. Um, we, we, I mean, it's a joke that we steal from other authors. Um, 
we are rich because we steal from the best houses, an author told me. Um, it's not stealing because ideas aren't proprietary and because it doesn't matter anyway. It would be like saying that we're stealing oxygen by all breathing the same air. Uh, there, that's a good quote for you. Um, we, we all live in the same creative sea and we're all um, inhaling and exhaling and swimming in the same set of ideas. Um, you can't plagiarize without knowing it. And I'm sorry, if, if you are resting everything on being completely original, then just don't give that up. It's, it's, it's not important. It doesn't matter. Um, you are already original, right? Mr. Rogers, you are special, which there's a lot of truth to that. You are, you are unique. The, the conservatives have made that into a joke about being a unique snowflake, but, but you are unique and you bring that uniqueness to, to everything you do in your life. Thus endeth the sermon. I'll remind you all that First Cup of Coffee is part of the Frolic Media Podcast Network. You will find more podcasts you love at frolic.media slash podcasts. And I will talk to you all tomorrow. Have a great Thursday. Take care. Bye-bye.